Hey, what's up everybody? It is Monday morning in Thailand and uh, today we're doing another Facebook Live, obviously, uh, on sex transmutation explained. I wanted to talk about this. I mean, there's a couple things. I've been seeing it pop up in different places. I know this is one of those age-old topics. If you're in this world of personal development, you probably come across it time to time. And I think, you know, I used to be really frustrated, and I still am actually. I'm making this video because I'm a little frustrated with how so many people speak about it in such a vague way. Not that that in itself is an issue because for a long time I spoke about it in a vague way. It's kind of a vague topic, taking sexual energy and transmuting it into other, other purposes. So I understand that. I think I get a little irked when I see people um, speaking about the vagaries as if it's like this this like how-to function that's so, uh, I, I just, I mean, my, my issue with personal development in general. Uh, so we're gonna jump into this. Uh, there's a couple things I wanna speak about. Um, if you notice, if you're watching the live of this or if you are uh, watching the video on YouTube or something, um, you may notice I have a whiteboard in the background. I'm gonna play around with using it. It's a new format. Um, but most of most people who consume these seem to listen to the podcast, so I'll just try to describe what's going on as I do it. Um, some quick announcements. Um, if you follow my stuff online, if you're subscribed to anything, my lists, any of my courses, you may have noticed some technical bugs on my website and stuff. I apologize for that. I know some of you reached out to me about it. Um, I assume maybe there's some of you guys who've had some technical issues that haven't reached out. I want to say sorry. Uh, first, I'm actually, I'm not going to go into the details. It's been like this kind of headache, but I'm basically shifting everything that I do online to a new platform. So. My website's gonna be down later this week. It's gonna be back up, there'll be an announcement. The cool thing is though, um, if you're on my list or anything, you will get a login, you can use it or not, and it'll give you access to a, a whole library of free content. Um, almost five years of video interviews, stuff I don't publish online. Um, and if you have any of my paid courses, the Archetype Challenge or Arousal Control Advanced course, it'll also be in that portal. Basically, I'm taking this as an opportunity. Basically, everything I have crashed, <laughs> I kind of crashed a couple weeks ago. I'm taking this as an opportunity to rebuild everything in a more user-friendly way anyway. Um, other quick life updates if you care. Still fostering eight puppies. We actually have nine puppies now because my friends from the Occasionally Interesting podcast. Um, we have nine dogs in the house. It's been an adventure, it's been fun. Um, air quality in Chiang Mai sucks right now. I think everyone here has kind of a sore throat. Anyway, I didn't mean to start with complaints. Um, so I want to speak about sex transmutation. What is sex transmutation? It's a term coined by Napoleon Hill in Think or Grow Rich. If you read that book, if you heard of that book, um, it's one of the books from the early 1900s that led to what we now know as the Law of Attraction movement. Back then it was known as the New Thought Movement. There were a lot of interesting books that came out of that time. Uh, the Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles, uh, Feeling is the Secret, um, Think and Grow Rich was one of the big ones. Um, there was a couple other ones that I heard, uh, As a Man Thinketh. All of these were basically a bunch of guys, either together, I actually was theorizing this on a mastermind group, is it that everyone, all these guys who wrote these books about positive thinking all were hanging out together and they all wrote their own books, or was there something in the culture, it was mostly American culture in the 1900s, early 1900s, that had all of these guys come up with this realization like, oh, hey, thoughts become things. If you think about certain things, if you focus on certain things, you can create your reality that way. That's my language, not theirs, but that's the gist of it. Law of Attraction and The Secret kind of rebooted this uh, 100 years later. But 
in the book Think and Grow Rich, there's a chapter, chapter 11, which seems out of place compared to all the other um, chapters in the book. It's called The Mystery of Sex Transmutation. So most of his book is about things that I think in personal development are, are kind of common ideas now, like think positively, you know, um, focus on your goals, have a burning desire, like all these things you've probably heard before. The thing that like stood out, of all the new thought books, this one topic, this subtopic, it seemed out of left field. It's about sex transmutation, which Napoleon Hill defines as taking your raw sexual biological urge to procreate and transmuting it, which is now a chemical term of turning lead into gold or turning one substance into another substance, um, transmuting it into another substance. Um, actually, hold on one second. It's a little awkward to do on the live, but I need to open the door. Did, did you need something? Okay, never mind. It happens on live videos, whatever. Um, so thank you, Guru Rich. Uh, what was that? Sex transmutation. Um, uh, yeah, so th this subject, the sub subtopic came kind of out of nowhere in, in this book. And I always was fascinated by, by it because I got into personal development in my teenage years, uh, partly for spiritual reasons, partly for emotional healing reasons, but also like I was kind of lonely, as interested in dating, anything to do with sex. Obviously I was going through puberty, you know, I don't think these need to be explained. Um, but I, I, in the book itself, he talks about this idea of like, every successful man in history had this burning desire, he was inspired by a woman, or maybe he was inspired by sex. He talks about the different emotions that drive people, I mean, it was a book written for men in those days, I don't think they expected women to read personal development books, or all the writers were male, they were writing for male audience, they are talking about men, so they are talking about uh, being inspired by women, etc. Um, but it was very vague, and I was like, for a long time, I was trying to understand, like, like how do you do it? It doesn't actually say how to do it. And then also, um, around this time, I read The Multi-Orgasmic Man, which I've mentioned before, by Montak Chia, um, it's basically a book on Taoist practices of recirculating sexual energy in the body. Um, similar idea though, you take your sexual energy, is basically teaching men not to ejaculate at all or ejaculate too frequently, not to waste their vital life force on eight seconds of pleasure instead cycle through their body so they'd have more vitality, use it for other purposes. Obviously, if you can master this skill, you can last forever in bed, but I think that's a pretty small subsection. So I want to speak about my experiences with sex transmutation as, as, as practical as I think one can get or as, as practical as I can get in this um, and some stories, of course, sublimation, we're talking about Freud's take on this. Um, and, uh, and I want to say if, you, if it's your first time watching live, uh, I know this is a weird time in the States, but feel free to comment your questions. I will try to answer them in real time. Okay. So I read those books, flash forward, if you, if you follow my stuff, you know I was in the sex cult for a while, it was like a lot of my education and spirituality and the instinct and the unconscious came during that period of my life. And um, this is kind of a side story, I didn't tell this in my podcast on, on the cult stuff, but uh, there were, people would get different sexual assignments at times, especially if you're like an advanced person in the cult. Um, and a common thing that some women would do was like, um, I know this sounds crazy, it's, I don't want to make this a too long tangent, but uh, some women would have these challenges where they would give oral sex to many men. I know this is like going in a weird direction now, but 
uh, for purposes, I don't even know if I want to get into this, but for purposes of um, accessing their pleasure of giving uh, in itself is actually a, like a transmutation of a sort, taking sexual uh, energy and desire and pleasure and turning it into love. This is basically the, the root of it. Um, and I happened to be in a situation where I was receiving from such a woman and um, I remember um, I, I read the multi-orgasmic man and I was thinking about how do I like cycle energy. I tried it so many times I never was really able to do it because like and I'm gonna get into the physical practices in a second but I was like couldn't do it, couldn't do it, couldn't do it and then finally I was in this situation with this woman who was I, and I think I bring up this whole the story behind it because I think there was something about the fact that she was like kind of using me as practice like it wasn't a situation where I was dating her or I was feeling pressure to perform it was like it was almost like she was like just using my body for her purposes, which is, again, another tangent. I can go off on that, but it gets weird and uh, off topic. Um, but I remember there was a moment where, and this is the emotional side that I think is important. I I start I stopped caring about performance because obviously I was receiving oral in this situation. I was just like, what if I really just receive, like really just let in this pleasure and. You know, it's, it's one thing to get that intellectually, but there's something in me that, and I, I didn't really believe in chakras, and I still go back and forth in like how specific we should speak about these energetic things, but um, I, re I remember feeling something open, because I was feeling all of this like pressure localized in my genitals, as one often does, especially if they're clamped down and they're used to feeling pleasure to external stimulation like porn or something like you tend to clamp and you know kind of rush to climax or try to spike the sensation artificially um, so this is basically what I call the container like we contain the the arousal typically in our genitals which leads to a, a quick ejaculation on the arousal control side but I was receiving in this situation and um, it's like I, I decided to like I didn't it wasn't totally conscious but I let this valve open it's like in another person's models, like I opened up a chakra, I like I opened up my heart, and I let this rush in, and, and almost immediately I felt this rush of sensation up my body, uh, from my genitals where everything was going on, up to my body, and it was like this like opening feeling that felt very like specific. It wasn't like like open open heart in like a vague metaphoric sense. Like I actually felt like an expansive feeling. And what was interesting to me, the thing that made me even notice what was going on, is that I immediately had a smile appear on my face and it almost felt like laughing, which seemed like a very ridiculous thing to do while getting hit. Um, I think, and I think actually things like this had happened before, but anytime if I was feeling sexual pleasure in the presence of a partner and I wanted to have a goofy smile on my face, I'd try to clamp it down because, you know, trying to look cool, trying to perform. But in this situation, I'd let go of that given the circumstances. And um, I just let myself like kind of laugh, and like I, I laughed and I laughed and I laughed, and it got to the point where like when I when I finally finished, I was like almost bursting with laughter. Um, she was not amused, but it doesn't matter. Like it was like it was like that was I was like that was that was really interesting. Like what is the deal with that? Like why would I laugh from sexual pleasure? And through this period in my life, I realized that you know. And something I, I talk about a few times, but I kind of want to put everything on this topic in this video. Uh, 
feeling is feeling. Feeling is energy. When we talk about energy in like a vague sense, I'm trying to like make things specific. When, we, when people speak about energy, they're typically speaking about a feeling. It's just like a felt sense of something. It could be a sexual, or sorry, it could be a physical feeling, a sensation. It can be an emotional feeling. Uh, and we could even talk about intu intuitional feelings, which I'll leave to the end of the video because that's where it can get kind of mystical sounding. Um, but it's simply like your emotions and your sensations are the same type of thing. So this is where we're gonna go to the whiteboard. Might as well use this whiteboard. I realized I, for all my videos, I've been pointing at the corner where it doesn't look very nice and have this whiteboard. So uh, to use the uh, Chinese medicine idea, you know, we have the body. Uh, there's three dandian or energy center. I don't know if you can see this, but I'm trying to make this darker. Yeah, if you've ever done Qigong or something, you've heard something like this. Uh, there's a dandian in the lower, the lower part. I mean, similar to the, the it's actually the, the dandian, if, if you're wondering what it is exactly, the lower center, it's like the area in your body that's right in the middle of a triangle that's made between your navel, your sacrum, and your genitals. So if you imagine, actually this is a side view of your body, let's say your dude, it's your, it's your bits right here, here's your belly button, this is not to scale obviously, um, here's your genitals, here's your uh, your sacrum, also known as the door of life, this makes a triangle. This dandian is just uh, the center of the triangle. Hopefully that's invisible, you can zoom in on the video. Um, so as far as like the esoterics, like how much this matters, like how much we should give it weight, whether there's actually an energy center there, who cares? Like is, is modern technology ever gonna recognize that there's an energy center? I don't know, it doesn't actually matter. But what we do notice is when we pay attention to these areas, whether we're doing Qigong or sexual cultivation practice, you pay, to pay attention to this area of your body, it does bring your sensations there. So like, as far as like, is actually, are you actually moving chi or not? It doesn't actually matter in my opinion. What matters is that you're getting the result that you want, which is your grounding, your, you're not being in your head, you're, you're feeling certain parts of your body, and put, paying attention to this area of your body at the very least. I'm not commenting on Chinese medicine. There's probably a lot more to it than this. Um, at the very least, paying attention to this energy, this area of your body, draw sensation there, allows you to feel, and allows you to bring awareness to your genital, sacrum, navel region, which is where we want to focus. So that's the lower dandian, which is over here. Uh, middle dandian, what we call the heart, kind of synonymous with the heart chakra, draw us a little heart. And the upper dandian is where uh, we would call the third eye in chakra terms. So this is not like all of these centers are another way of focusing on the body. Um, you know, when people, if you go to any culture anywhere in the world and you put your hand on your heart, they kind of know, not kind of, they, they will intuit that you're talking, that you're referring to emotions. Go to anywhere where the gestures are weird, like I'm here in Thailand where like most people when they come to Thailand because Thai is such a very different language than European languages, like people's facial expressions are different, it's a tonal language those things will come across, but you put your hand on your heart, everyone knows what you're talking about, right? There's something about the heart area that we correspond with emotions. There's something about up here, the head area, that we correspond with thinking. That's as far as that has to go. I mean, if you want a more scientific model, which I like, if this is the brain, uh, imagine your reptilian brain deals with sensation, your limbic brain deals with emotion, and your neocortex deals with thought. What does this matter? I mean, this is, this is going back to the whole idea that energy, energy in quotes, feeling, 
is processed by different parts of your nervous system in different ways. Your reptilian nervous system really only knows pain and pleasure. It's a, it's a primitive nervous system. Anything that gives you pleasure is supposed to lead to your survival and ability to replicate. So keeping yourself healthy, long enough to make babies, and also the process of making babies is pleasurable. Anything painful as you run away, it's very basic. Um, it's very in the body, right? Um, the the paleomammalian limbic brain is like the next level. Like you can imagine that it's processing the same stuff, the same feeling or same energy, but now it's a little more nuanced. His emotions have a little more, uh, Roger said, I'm not a lefty actually, it's uh, the video is flipped. But I try to be ambidextrous, I used to box lefty. Uh, I can throw a baseball left-handed, but no, I'm actually writing, it's my right hand. It's a flipped video because that's how Facebook Live works. Um, but anyway, uh, and then your neocortex is our human brain. I mean, mammals have neocortexes too, but we have the biggest one, processes language, our prefrontal cortex is where our conscious mind, etc. And that's basically the principle of, uh, this is basically what I'm trying to get across on uh, as far as what, when we talk about moving energy, this is what we mean. So what sex transmutation is on the most basic level is taking like the raw physical sensation and driving it into something a little more complex or abstract or nuanced because what can you do with arousal? Arousal is arousal, right? Pleasure is pleasure, sensation is sensation. It's, it's, like, it's very important to pay attention to sensation and most mindfulness practices or embodiment practices have you focus on sensation because sensation is so specific. Like if you feel a sensation in your hand, it's in your hand. If it's hot, it's hot. If it's cold, it's cold. Like there's no question. When you go to higher levels of feeling uh, or more abstract levels of feeling, Emotions don't exist anywhere physically, although they might have a, a corresponding sensation in the body, but they can be anywhere. And your thoughts, when we get to the highest level, thoughts are obviously the most abstract. So, sex transmutation in a nutshell, by my definition, is when you take the raw, uh, the raw, I guess you could call it the prima materia, prima materia, to use the alchemical term, when you take the raw sexual sensation and allow it to not like change in like a magical way, but you're allow it, allowing it to express itself as a more abstract function, taking what your reptilian nervous system is processing as pleasure or desire or as arousal and letting it be experienced by your limbic and neocortex as, as a pleasure of thought. So basically what, in that story I was telling about the oral sex stuff, it happened kind of spontaneously because I let go of expectations and my body, I'm going to talk about the physical side of this, but like my body was super relaxed, probably because my mind was like, I don't really care what happens here. I don't have to perform in any way. And that pleasure shot up into what ended up as a goofy smile on my face. But that in itself was the principle of, of transmutation. The next level would be that joyful experience, which is now this expansive experience being expressed as a thought. So. Going back to the, the Think and Grow Rich idea, um, he, he speaks about how sexual desire can fuel creativity, sexual desire can uh, uh, fuel your brain power. Montage Shida speaks about this too, and he speaks about the microcosmic orbit and, um, and uh, you know, having non-ejaculatory orgasms or experiencing sex and not ejaculating, getting used to that. Um, it fuels your, your brain power. I will say this, I'm gonna call, I mean, I'm gonna call out everything. I mean, I, as someone who also teaches about arousal control and like not coming every time you have sex, which I do believe in, I do think a lot of the claims made about it 
are exaggerated. Um, I don't think it's evil to come. I mean, and I do want to speak about this because I, I you know, NoFap is this new thing that's popped up in the internet age where uh, a lot of people, well-meaning people, are telling guys not to compulsively jerk off to porn and ejaculate all the time. I'm 100% down with that. I think this is a, like a very male-specific uh, topic because I do think the modern man, a guy who's grown up with internet porn, has... Uh, You've probably heard there's so many negatives to internet porn use on the male brain, especially if you have been jerking off to porn pre-puberty. It's bad for your attention span. It, it it sets up a reward circuit that's weird. Like you may have heard, like guys who are porn addicts or even not addicts, but like watch porn a lot. Like they'll look at a computer when no one's around and they'll get horny. They look look at a computer like a closed laptop and get horny. That like that in itself is weird. But we do know that. Um, I mean, Philip Zimbardo, the psychologist through the Stanford Prisoner Experiment, uh, had, a, had a TED talk on this. Like, it's creating a new level of anxiety in men. Um, he had his reasons. My, my interpretation of it, though, is that, you know, like, you're getting the dopamine hit, obviously, from jerking off to porn and watching, but you're not getting the actual connection bit, which relates to sexual transmutation. I'll get to that in a second. You're, you're missing out on the actual experience of being with a real partner. Not that masturbation is evil, I'm not saying you're not gonna get hairy palms or anything, but like you're missing out on a certain part of that human interaction. You're only getting half of the chemical cocktail that we need, and it's really bad for the brain because it, it creates a new level of anxiety in men. The part that I care about the most is that it, I, I do believe that anyone who jerks off, especially to porn, but is ejaculating constantly, they tend to be more depleted. In the NoFap community, a lot of times they talk about like, if you stop jerking off for 90 days, you enter God mode, it's like you replenish your body and everything is easier and you're, you're, you're more confident and women are attracted to you, you get superpowers. I think that also is, um, is exaggerated. The thing that I think they are referring to is that if you've been jerking off to porn for your entire post-pubescent existence and all of a sudden you stop, you're gonna have all of this energy that was being depleted previously, so in comparison it might seem like, you, oh wow, I have superpowers, but really, that is your natural state. All of this stuff, all of this sexual stuff, like I don't really care, I mean, I, not that I don't care, but it's great to be able to last long in bed or whatever, or, but like the thing I really care about is guys not depleting themselves or being stuck on these compulsive behaviors, and sex is probably the easiest compulsive behavior because like, unlike a, a, unlike a, a narcotic or something, you're not going to cut it out of your life. It's like a beautiful part of your life. You sh I don't, you know, I mean, people can choose celibacy, but whatever. Like, uh, it's something that can, can be very dangerous, though, which is why spiritual people cut off the sexual element. Anyway, I've been going off on tangents. Uh, someone called me out that I, I spoke about open looping in, in my video on cults, and I tend to go on a ton of open loops when I speak. Um, Kind of why I actually enjoy these live videos because since it's live, like I don't I don't really give myself time to like try to be in order. I just I just go with it. But anyway, um, okay, just 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 to finish the bit on the story I was speaking about about receiving and like it naturally transmuted from like sexual pleasure into joy. The thing that I I realized I did in retrospect here that I hadn't done previously and something that I try to be conscious of in a sexual experience now is allowing my partner to see how much she was affecting me. That was the thing that I clamped down on previously where like if I was becoming too out of control, um, like experiencing joy or any other emotions, I would try to like, I would try to, because I wanted to look cool for my partner, I would try to clamp that down and not see how much she's affected because in itself is vulnerable, right? Any involuntary state where like you're, you're, you know, if you blush or you 
stutter or you get nervous with like how excited you are, like it puts, it, it shows the other person how much they're affecting you, which makes you feel vulnerable. Um, Tiki, who's watching, oh, sorry, I mean, someone just said, uh, uh, sex transmutation is very interesting. It goes hand in hand with abstinence to a certain degree. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna address that because I, oh, uh, sorry, I'm jumping around a lot. Um, the, the whole thing with NoFap, and I'm gonna address uh, what the comment was just about abstinence and sex transmutation. I do 100% believe that getting off of compulsive sexual behavior, really any compulsive behavior, but compulsive jerking off, compulsive porn, or even like, even with partners, like sex addiction, where you're like using people to masturbate, or you're like, just like, like throwing everything away to like get your next nut off, right? These are not conducive to living a creative life, living a happy quality life. Um, so yes, get like, abstaining from those behaviors initially is, is really great. In my in my free training, arousal control secrets at arousalcontrolsecrets.com, I, I frame this analogy, which is uh, if you think of like your arousal as a currency, a raw material for like a liquid material. I mean, no pun intended. A material you can use to like spend on different things. If you're constantly spending it all the time, if every night you, you go on Pornhub and you're spending it, spending it, spending it, obviously your bank account's gonna be low. So the first thing you should do if you're trying to you know, create you know, wealth in terms of your sexual arousal, the first thing to do is to stop spending it so much, obviously. My criticism of NoFap is that they put so much focus on not jerking off that like they don't they don't like look at anything else. I think it's very short sighted. Like yes, saving is great, but there's other things you can do with that. I mean, you have to use it towards something. Like I, I've been on these no fat forums where like I, I see these guys like counting their days and like they're like, oh, I made it 180 days and then I relapsed and like and then like oh everything's over and there's like this support and stuff. It's like come on guys, like getting over the compulsion is important, but like once you're not jerking off to porn or all the time or or whatever your compulsion is, do something with that. Like that's the next part. Um, which is so critical because you have all these guys where like their entire existence becomes about not jerking off, like they're white knuckling through life, like I'm not gonna jerk off, I'm not gonna jerk off. And then the, what are they focusing on? They're focusing, you go back to the think and grow rich, they're focusing on an outcome they don't want as opposed to what they do want. Um, so back to the whole, uh, you know, letting her see how much, so like the, the piece that I think is uh, not spoken about enough I mean, aside from like this transmutation of sensation into emotion, is in order to let that first transmutation happen from your sexual experience to an emotional experience, is allowing yourself to be seen and felt. Essentially vulnerability, right? In previous experiences, and in, in past, uh, in all of my sexual experiences, I would say in anyone's sexual experience, if you're trying to come off a certain way, if you're trying to hide the truth, if you're living low fidelity, if you're um, trying to put on a mask in whatever form, um, focus on performance or her validation or whatever, you're preventing that natural transmutation because it's natural for the sexual sensation pleasure to, to lead to uh, an experience of joy, like obviously makes people happy. Um, so that's the first piece. And like, you know, in, in my, uh, Montage Chia speaks a lot about the ash, like uh, one of the different techniques of bringing the energy up your body. In Tantra, they speak about the same thing. In Kundalini Yoga, they speak about something very similar. Um, in arousalcontrolsecrets.com, I break down what I think is a 
practical, easy to work on method of moving arousal in your body. I'm not going to go through that. That is a it is a skill that is necessary in order to not go through that compulsive behavior. But something I also speak about in that is that you once you have that raw material, it's really important you do something with it. You express it into something, which brings us into the the next piece, like going from lower to center, taking that emotion and bring and focusing on something because. Um, this is where uh, you can take now this, it's like, it's like you have this raw material of arousal, you refined it slightly into an emotion that makes you feel good, and that in itself is enough for people. And then taking that feeling and not just like vegging out on, on the pleasure of feeling good, which is fine, um, but like now directing it to something. Because we know that like, if you have some big goals in life to make money, to, to find a purpose, to attract a certain type of person, to create something for the world, to make an impact. If you feel physically depleted, obviously you're not gonna do it well. If you feel down on yourself and you feel a lack of courage, because that's actually a big thing. Um, when a guy is depleting himself, jerking off whatever, eating too much sugar, whatever the thing is, whatever the vice is, um, it's like they, one thing anyone will notice, right? Like in, in Hamlet, uh, I believe it was at first in Hamlet, uh, fear creates, uh, fatigue makes cowards of us all. When you're physically depleted, it's hard to be courageous. Whereas like when you've cultivated good energy, when you're eating clean, when you're not compulsively jerking off or whatever your, your vice is, you have more courage, right? Like to, anyway, I'm not gonna, yeah. Um, okay. So this, this next transmutation from the center to the higher levels is also what Freud referred to as sublimation. It's like uh, one argument for why certain cultures created skyscrapers and advancements in military technology that other cultures didn't with sexual frustration. I think that's uh, a likely, likely cause. You have all this pent up energy. If you don't destroy yourself if, or you don't find uh, sexual satisfaction, it has to go somewhere, which has led to the growth of, of certain, certain civilizations. Um, but uh, so, so how do you do this? It's like once you get past that part, part where you're not uh, wasting, um, oh, I just missed it. Someone just said, have you heard of Brandon Carter? He has a similar critique to NoFap. I haven't heard of him, but yeah, I mean, if he, if he views it the same way, I, you know, that's cool. Um, yeah, so once you have cultivated this thing, it's like it's almost like I like looking at it as a three-step procedure um, because it makes it, um, it makes it actually actionable, right? So you, you cultivate the sensation through physical practice of, of you know, again, you can check out Montage Chia's work or uh, arousalcontrolsecrets.com. You have the experience of joy in your body and then you focus on the next thing because like we know that if you just focus on a goal and you feel depleted, it's really hard to get that oomph to, to get there. Um, and essentially this is like basically eroticizing success. I was speaking with, um, my friend Omar Pani, who's been on my podcast a few times, um, about uh, sex magic rituals and stuff, um, and like, uh, actually, I'll speak about that briefly. Um, I just want to check myself to not make this like a a, a really giant tangent. So, um, in the Satanic Bible, I know this is already a, a tangent. The Satanic Bible, um, they they make a. Actually, I'm going to go back a second. There is a theory that most personal development nowadays kind of is an offshoot of Satanism, which I know sounds really weird, but Satanism in itself 
was not necessarily created to be this evil thing. It was basically a response to Christianity at a certain point in history. Like people were critical, like, oh, like Christianity is like saying repress your instincts. They're being very fake about it. You see people partying and doing sins on Saturday night and go to uh, to go to um, Sunday and and repent for everything. Everyone's being fake. So the people who created Satanism basically just like use the term Satan as like a rebellion against Christianity. But basically Satanism in a nutshell is honor your instincts. So like if to use Freudian terms, Christianity is all about the ego overriding the, ins- the id. Um, Satanism is about the id overriding the ego. The only evil thing in Satanism is like if you're angry, you should express your rage. If you're lustful, you should express your desire, which you can see could lead to chaos, but it's not like necessarily evil. The, um, why did I bring this up? Okay, so in the Satanic Bible, they talk about two kinds of magic, lesser magic and greater magic. Lesser magic is any manipulation, and magic is any manipulation of a person's perception of reality. So lesser magic can be something as simple as lipstick. A woman puts on lipstick, she fascinates, which is, uh, was originally uh, a term used in mysticism and witchcraft. Like she, she gains the attention of men typically, and she can influence them to do certain things. Advertising is an example of lesser magic. Um, that's basically it. Uh, greater magic is anything that influences people's perception of reality from an altered state of consciousness. So lesser magic, if you're wearing makeup or advertising, people are basically in a normal waking state of consciousness. Let, greater magic is where you put them into like, I mean, you can give them drugs or you put them into um, a state of trance through ritual. Like in church, everyone's chanting together or a kirtan, everyone's singing the, the songs together or um, whatever. You can imagine a lot of situations where people, I mean, you watch a lecture with a, a captivating speaker. Every, I mean, you can see if you've ever spoken on stage, if people are paying attention to you, sometimes their eyes glaze over. If you're using a lot of NLP techniques, intentionally or non-intentionally, open loop, open loop, open loop, um, people like might just like zone out a little bit. They're still paying attention, but they're not like their conscious functions or are uh, not as active, which I talked about in my call videos is like a way people can manipulate each other. Don't worry, if I use open loops, I'm not trying to manipulate you. I, I actually make notes to make sure I close all the loops, um, but it's just like how I talk. Um, uh, so greater magic, uh, so anyway, sex magic rituals, which is something that people who are into stuff do and something I think is interesting, you're basically classically conditioning the experience of sexual pleasure to uh, an idea or an intention you want to create. So for example, like a simple example would be you and your partner are focused on a certain goal. Let's say she is the recipient, she's in a receptive state. Her job is to feel, 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 and focus on the um, intention. Let's say you, you wanna manifest something, materialize something, and your job as the, you know, you call it a magician in satanic terms, but like you as the other person are there to pleasure her body and remind her of the intention. Is just like Pavlov's dogs, um, if you know that experiment, Pavlov, the psychologist, he'd ring a dinner bell when he fed the dogs. After a while, he'd ring the dinner bell and the dogs would salivate even if there was no food there um, because they had now conditioned the sound to this physical response of seeing food. Essentially what a very basic sex magic ritual would do would condition the idea, let's say it's make money or attract a certain type of thing to the uh, the feeling of sexual pleasure. Why sexual pleasure? Because I didn't mention this I think it's pretty obvious that sexual pleasure is the most, one of the most pleasurable physical sensations. So like you're taking a, a very specific positive 
physical experience. It's not like, you know, happiness is great, but it's like kind of very vague, right? But pleasure, pleasure is very specific. Because I guess in a certain part of your body, it's like there's no question if you're feeling pleasure versus pain, there's no question that it's pleasure, right? It's like sensation is specific. Your reptilian brain is simple, so it's specific. And you're, you're con connecting that positive physical experience to an abstract idea such as a future occurrence you want to have happen or an item you want to have in your life or an experience you want to have in your life. Um, so that's, that's like basic sex magic one one is another form of sex transmutation because you're not connecting the bottom, uh, the lower parts uh, to the upper parts. This is all to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close this entire loop now. Purpose of sex transmutation and, and what it is, it's like when it comes to all the stuff I talk about sex, I d don't like to focus too much on the sexual aspect. I mean, like even in this video, I mean, also because the physical stuff that I believe is important, I already have online for free, arousalcontrolseekers.com. There's also a paid course if you want to do the advanced stuff, but it's there. But my, my goal with that, the reason why I made that wasn't necessarily to get guys to last forever in bed. That's really nice. It's an important sexual skill, all that's great. But what I really care about is that this is one tool for connecting your id, your, your lower instincts, the things that are typically involuntary and unconscious and they drive your behavior. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of going away from the Freud view of the mind and I am, if you haven't noticed, I'm really into Carl Jung nowadays. I mean, he has different words, but he talks about the instinct too, like this, these lower stuff that drive most of our behavior and our upper stuff, our, our conscious intentions, right? If we're constantly intending on a certain experience in our love life, in our financial life, in our personal life, but our behaviors keep going in a different direction, that in itself, according to Jung, that is his definition of a neurosis, when the instinct and the conscious functionings are like going in different directions. That, that is the, basically what a psychological malady is in Jungian psychology. This whole sex transmutation thing is one method, a very potent method of getting everything on the same page. Another person who I like, but he's a little more crazy, Wilhelm Reich, um, what, yeah, anyway. I won't go into his backstory. Maybe I'll, anyway, uh, Wilhelm Reich, his whole thing with uh, sexuality, and he's the one who coined the term uh, orgastic potential or orgastic energy. <clears throat> um, his whole thing was that the most healthy marker, of the, the marker of a, a healthy psychological state is the ability to um, ex experience a healthy arousal response cycle. I, 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 that's basically, in a nutshell, like anything like physical trauma. He, he was the, one of the first people's, people in psychology to, to note that uh, emotional trauma registers in the body. He would call it muscular armoring. So like if you, um, uh, if you have like a chronically tight piece of tissue, fascia or something. I don't know if they knew about fascia back then, but if you have a hardened piece of tissue, it's typically stored emotion. Like that, that was his theory that seemed kind of crazy back then, now doesn't seem that crazy. Um, his whole thing was like that happens and that that will lead to sexual dysfunctions in some form um, and that it, it doesn't always have to be a sexual trauma, it could be like an emotional clampdown. So going back to my original story about the this magical oral sex experience or this experience, oral sex experience that kind of taught me what sex transmutation is, I was clamping down. Actually, I want to address something because this is an FAQ I get a lot. 
a lot of guys when they're doing the microcosmic orbit stuff or moving energy through their body, they'll be like, okay, I can feel it like up into a certain point in my spine, but then at a certain point, like I can't feel it's like there's a dark spot in my sexual circuit. And I, I experienced that for a long time too, where like I would do the microcosmic orbit, I was practicing the, you know, the Qigong over and over and over again, but like in my middle spine, my thoracic spine, like the back of my heart, it was like always like I could never feel anything. And there's a couple, of, I mean, and actually my, I didn't realize this, but like my, my thoracic spine was really stiff. I didn't realize that, you know, now I've done a lot of things where like I actually have a lot of flexion in my, in my mid back. I didn't actually realize that you can even have flexion in your middle back because I was like, so my, my, my soft tissue was so hardened in that area. And um, my interpretation of this is that like this was locked emotion. Is I don't think it's uh, coincidental that this is the back of my heart area. And when I became more comfortable with vulnerability and different, and there's a lot of things, I'm not gonna say it's one thing that changed this, but over time of like being able to open this, I was able to feel that experience. And similar, one thing that, that I do know, I do believe connected to this was that I was unwilling to be felt in certain ways. Like I, I was just saying, I used to try to clamp down on my emotional expression in a sexual context to look a certain way, to look cool, to impress my partner. But when I finally was able to release and relax and be seen and be experienced by her, like this, this thing became easier to feel. Other things that helped me uh, on a physical level, the Alexander Technique, which is like a, a, it's a kind of a mind-body physical modality. You can, you can Google it. I mean, if you live in New York, I have some really excellent Alexander teachers that I recommend. But outside of New York City, there's probably one in every major city. You can look it up. Um, it's actually really good for your voice, for your sense of groundedness, for, I don't think, I haven't seen anything else, even Qigong, which I love, I haven't seen anything that beats Alexander Technique in increasing your ability to be in your body. I, I, I've tried a lot of things, this is my experience, I believe in it. Um, anyway, I went off on another friggin' tangent. Oh yeah, the whole point of this thing is that sex transmutation is a tool of aligning your instincts and your intentions so that they are working together. So what is the result of this? I could say a lot of things about it, it gives you these superpowers, makes you materialize things faster. I don't want to oversell anything because I, I just opened this video by saying I hate when people exaggerate uh, claims, especially in the mystical area or in the unprovable area of development because like, I just hate that. I hate when people do that. I'm probably guilty of doing that in the past and I just don't want to do that. I want to be very specific. The things I know for sure. is when you learn how to cultivate your sexual arousal rather than compulsively emptying it out, your attention span does get better. And this is this is like the one thing that ejaculation control, like there's a lot of claims about it. I believe in a lot of the benefits from it. One thing I'm sure of, if you're in a relationship, it's really good for you because I, we know after you come, whether it's for the next 10 minutes afterwards or the next 12 hours afterwards, you're kind of less interested in women. I mean, if you date women, you're less interested in your partner. Whereas if you have great sex and you, cultivate the energy through your body and you ground it, she is still the most important thing in your in your zone of reference. And like that just makes you a good boyfriend, husband, whatever. I, I that and like gives you a little more energy because like your body's still hunt mode. That's the physical side of it. But when you can allow this, like when you can cultivate this and allow it to fuel your positive emotions, you're gonna be you're gonna be more courageous. That's the other thing. It's like I know that I have been treating my energy levels poorly when something like a Facebook post or news 
or negative feedback like kind of gets me frazzled in my head or like I'm, I'm struggling to write and it makes me I take it really hard like and I'm, I'm being a wimp about something I know I can almost always trace it with like okay maybe I came too much or maybe I've been drinking too much or maybe I've been um, I don't know doing something else depleting eating cake whatever I don't know it's like that becomes so clear if like there's a connection between your physical vitality your emotional vitality and your sense of courage courage it's like the biggest, I mean, whatever, courage is important. I was going to say something very trite. Um, so yeah, something to help you get over compulsions. I, so I just want to end this by saying I do believe, I wouldn't have made this video obviously if I didn't think it was an important topic with a lot of practical benefit. I don't want to like oversell, like it's going to give you magical powers. But I will say that um, it has very positively impacted my life. I think it positively impacts a lot of guys when they can, at the very least, get over compulsive behavior and take their desire and align their instinct and their mental intention and put them in the same. It's like, basically, if you're experiencing the internal experience of resistance, we all know what resistance is like. You're trying something, you're, you know, well, you know what resistance is like. Um, and, you, and that resistance goes away and that thing that that horse is pulling you in the other direction from where you want to go is finally now running in the same direction as you, everything becomes a lot friggin' easier and like things happen a lot faster. We could call it manifesting earlier, we can call it self-fulfilling prophecy or just like all of your ducks in a row. So that's it. Um, the physical stuff is at arousalcontrolsecrets.com. It's a four-part free training. There is a paid course afterwards if you're interested in it that I also believe in, but I think it's all great. So you can go to arousalcontrolsecrets.com. If you missed the announcements at the beginning, I'm redoing everything with my internet everything. So if you're on my email list or if you join my email list now, I mean, my website's still up, you will get access probably at the end of this week if things go on schedule. You'll get access to my entire video library of free interviews, free content, and if you have any of my courses, the Archetype Challenge or the Arousal Control Advanced course, that'll also be in that same portal. We're fixing everything. Um, did I have anything else? Final announcement. The puppies we're fostering are doing great. They're having a great time. Half of them are kind of scared, but the other ones are being very friendly. They're adorable. It's actually, uh, well, anyway, I could, I could say many stories about puppies, but those are tangents that don't need to go on. That's all. Thanks for watching. See ya.